And we're grateful for those of you who may be watching us by social media. We praise God for you as well. And we pray God's blessings over you and your house. Can I pray with you real quick? Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your people. Everyone that's under the sound of my voice, Lord, we're praying your choicest blessings upon them, Lord. May your favor rest upon them. And not only may it rest upon them, but Lord, may they feel the weight of your favor in their lives, Lord, in their relationships, in their families, Lord, in their health, Lord, in their finances, Lord, in every area of their life. May they feel the weight of your favor upon them, Lord, like a blanket that is protecting and keeping them safe and wrapping them up and keeping them calm and protecting their minds and their hearts and their spirits, Lord, even right now, even in this moment. Lord, we pray that everything that, that they hear on today will be encouraging, uplifting, will be directive, Lord. It will give us the direction that we need that we might follow your path. In Christ's name we pray, amen, and God bless you. You may be seated in the sanctuary, and we praise God for each and every one of you. We started sharing on last week relative to our December sermon series, which is season of giving. And we're talking about the season of giving. It's something that relates to us uh, carnally in the world. They talk about this being a season of giving, even though we should give in more than this season. But this is a time where our world and our nation particularly recognizes the importance of giving to others, to being a blessing to others. And we felt it was important for us to grab hold of that and share a few principles from God's word relative to that. On last week, we said, our subtopic was personal inventory check. We were assessing the things, the specifically, what do I have to give? What are the items? What, what has God blessed me with that, that I should be able to give to my neighbors? It's something that I can bless others with. And today, I really want to challenge us. I want to challenge us about our capacity. Uh, on my phone, I often get a message and the message that I get on my phone, and some of you who take a lot of pictures and are active in your media, you get this message a lot as well. Because I take a lot of pictures, every once in a while it'll say, you need to upgrade your storage. Because my storage plan is not sufficient to contain all of the things that I have put on my phone. And if I don't back it up, then there's a possibility that I could lose some things. I have to upgrade my storage so that I can lay hold to everything that I'm using my phone for. And, and, and I'm saying to us, it's spiritually. And even as it relates to our capacity, that maybe it's time for you to upgrade your storage. Maybe it's time for you to stop limiting your capacity. The point at somebody out there and say, stop limiting your capacity. Hashtag that in the, in the comments. Stop limiting your capacity. And as it relates to your capacity, the first thing that came to mind was a story that we find in 2 Kings chapter 4. When I was thinking about capacity and our, the limits that the, 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 the uh, limits that we put on our own capacity. I call them artificial limits because when we limit our own capacity, that means that God could do more, but whatever limits we put on it is only because of us. That if we were to break those artificial limits, then maybe we could have more, maybe we could do more, maybe there was more people that we have the ability and the capacity to bless if we simply remove and destroy these artificial limits that we put on ourselves and by product of putting the limit on ourselves, we're putting a limit on what God wants to do in our lives. If you follow me to 2 Kings chapter 4, and we're looking at the first 
I believe the first seven verses there. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version, so if you'll follow along with me. It says, Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. But the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in the house? And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels and not too few. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another. Then the oil stopped flowing. She came and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. And you and your sons can live off of the rest. May I pray with you again, Heavenly Father, Lord, open our hearts, our spirits, and our minds to this destiny moment. Let us be receptive of how your word is trying to take hold of the steering wheel of our lives and turn us in the direction that you would have us to go. That we may fall along the path of destiny and purpose that you've designed for each and every one of us. Most of all, Lord, do not allow any of us to leave this moment unchanged. In Jesus' name, amen, and God bless you. I'm talking about upgrading your storage and not limiting your capacity. And I'm challenging each of you who are listening to make sure that we're not putting artificial limits on the capacity that God has given us. Relative to this story, we find the prophet in the widow's house, and she has suffered a great setback. She has lost out financially because apparently she's not only lost her husband, but she has small children. If, she had, if her sons were older, then they would already be working and helping to bring income into the house. But because they are younger, they are not at that point where they're yet doing that. So we're talking about a woman who has lost her resources. She has lost the income that was coming to her house. And the prophet finds her. And when he finds her, he asks her. She's like, she's, she tells him her dilemma. She tells him her, her, her trouble. It's, it's a very serious trouble because the creditors are coming to take her sons. They're going to take her sons as slaves and allow her debt to be worked off through them. She did not want to see her son subject to that. So she cries out to the prophet and asks him, what can, I, what can be done? How can you assist me? How can you help me? And the prophet, in a manner, ought to have said something that should have encouraged her. And I hope that if I explain it right, that it will encourage you a little bit today, despite whatever you might be going through. The question that he had for this widow, after she told him her trial and her problem, he said to her, what have you in the house? What do you have in the house? What he's saying to her is that deliverance that you're going to experience is not from without, but is from within. There is something that is already inside the house that is going to help to deliver you from the situation that you're in. 
And I came to share that same message with somebody out there because we're talking about what is in us. What is our capacity? What limits do we have on ourselves? God is saying to someone right now that the very thing that's going to bring you out of your trial, you already have. God has already given you. It's something that he has already planted on the inside of you. It may be a gift. It may be a talent. It may be something that you don't even appreciate the value of. It may be, uh, again, uh, uh, it may be a limit that you've placed on your capacity that God's about to break that limit and show you that there is much more that you could be doing with what you already have. There is much more you could be doing with what you already have. So you're saying, I don't have much. But why are you saying you don't have much? When, when I think of when somebody says I don't have much, I begin to think of the same question that God asked Adam after he had had Adam and Eve had had the encounter with the serpent because God looks for them and they're hiding. And then when God finds them, Adam said, Lord, we were hiding because we were naked. And God said, who told you you were naked at that very moment? The devil introduced to the world the very thing that troubles so many of us today. It's the problem of comparison. They begin to compare their situation with others. They begin to compare how they were clothed and how they were covered. The, that, that knowledge that they had, had received from, from taking part and being tempted by the serpent had introduced into their minds and into the world the problem of comparison. And, you know, there are so many people who are suffering through the problem of comparison. There are people who are bankrupt right now. Because they were trying to live a lifestyle that they could not afford because they were comparing what they have to other people. And I come to tell you, social media makes it worse. Social media will have you poo-pooing that, which you already have. It'll, it'll have you thinking that what you have is not enough because you see so many other people that seem to have more than what you have. Seem to have more money, seem to have more influence, seem to have a better job, seem to have a better relationship. But what I'll tell you on social media is the same thing as in television. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors. There's a lot of angles and lighting that reflect on those things, and they may not be as they appear. Some of the people that, that seem to have a lot may not have as much as they seem to have. It was a few years ago, the, the artist 50 Cent, he was, he was under tax investigation. And the IRS was saying, well, we're going to come for you because you're living a lavish lifestyle. But he, he then told him, he said, those cars you see me driving, they're not mine. I'm borrowing those cars because why? I'm trying to transmit to the world a certain image of my lifestyle. I'm broke. But I have to... Uh, uh, let my fans think and assume that I have more than I actually have. Smoke and mirrors, setting up an image that people are trying to live up to, and he's driving a car that's not his. Taking pictures and, and, and videos in front of mansions that he doesn't live in. Seeming to portray to something that is not true because he's trying to live up to a certain image. And some of you right now, I just want to admonish you, you might be chasing an image that is fake. You might be chasing an image that's not real. 
See, there's a lot also on, on, on social media, and you, we see a couple getting together, and you're talking about, ooh, relationship goals. Baby, you don't know what happens behind closed doors. They might be back there slapping each other upside the head, but they're not going to show that part on social media. Y'all not going to help me. They may have had a uh, drag-down, knock-down fight before you see them. their images they post, but then they put a little makeup on, a little light, a little mirror is a right angle, and you can't even see that they've been fighting each other. You're chasing after an image that may not even be real because it is the devil himself that has introduced the power of comparison. Anytime you think you don't have enough or anytime you think you have too little, I want you to remember God finding Adam in the, and, 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 and Eve there in, in, in the Garden of Eve, Eden and asking them, where were you? And them saying, we were naked. And God asking them the question, who told you you were naked? Stop comparing your lifestyle to someone else. Stop comparing what you have to someone else. Because in doing so, you're limiting your own capacity. You're limiting and not appreciating what God has already given you. We also have to understand that what God gives you may not be the same thing that he gives someone else. But because it's different doesn't mean it's less. It's not less. Maybe, maybe, maybe someone is rich in money and you're rich in family. Maybe someone else is rich in homes, but you're rich in relationships. Maybe, maybe somebody else is rich in influence, but you're, but you're rich in witnessing and connections and, and in spirituality and in joy and in inner peace. And baby, if there's anything you ought to be praying for is the, despite anything you have, Lord, may I have peace? Because there are a lot of people who have a lot of money, but they don't have peace. There's a lot of people who have a lot of things. They have a lot of finances, but they don't have real joy in their lives. And some of them are ending their own lives because of the one thing that they don't have, they can't pay for. You can't pay for peace. You can't pay for joy. You can't pay for having a stable mind. So maybe I'm rich in something. And I declare to say that to somebody right now, every one of you are rich in something. Every single one of you, you're rich in something. Some, God has given you an abundance of something. And what we need to do in evaluating our capacity is to appreciate that which we already have. And maybe there are some things we're lacking because we don't appreciate what we already have. Maybe, Lord, Lord, let me, let me pray for myself. Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me, Lord. For not appreciating the things in which I already have. Lord, forgive me for not appreciating the abundance of love and peace and joy that you allowed to permeate my life. Lord, forgive me for not appreciating the things that I'm rich in and seeking after the vision of the world for what is rich, for what is much, for what is wealth. Because I shouldn't be seeking after their vision because I'm not, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. And everyone in here, I want to let you know you're in the world, but you're not of the world. This is not your home. So I am not setting my goals based upon the goals of the world. That's, that's, not, that's, not, the, the, that's not how I, I look at my own status. The first status I need to check is what is my status with God? Some of you in the morning, the first thing you check is your bank, in the bank account. Why don't you check your status with God? 
When's the last time I've checked in with God? When's the last time I've, where's the status of my relationship with God? And, and many of you, if you were honest, it'd be, it'd be it's complicated. If we were honest, because we're not doing the things that we should do, it's not God. God has not moved. God has not changed. God is waiting on us, but we would have to state the status is it's complicated simply because we're not doing that which we should do. This widow, when, he, when, when, when the prophet spoke to her, the, her first inclination, and, and it's probably the same inclination that many of us have, he asked what's in your house, and she said, I have nothing. That's what she first said. Then she amended it. But she starts off by saying, I have, I have nothing. And and I want to speak to somebody out there who feels like that widow in your life, that you don't have anything. I want to let you know, baby, you have much more than you realize. God has invested in you. I want you to say that with me. Say, God has invested in me. God has invested in me. And God has apportioned me based on my ability to make the best use of my capacity. God has blessed me according to my ability to make the best use of my capacity. So how do I explain capacity? I'm going to talk about the talents and then I'm going to bring it home personal. Remember the talents that the master apportioned to the talents. He, he gave one five and he gave one two and he gave one one, and the one who he gave five, they doubled that. And the one he gave two, doubled that. And then the one who had one, he hid it and buried it and only presented that which he had already given him. Now, to the one who gave five and the one he gave two, he, he knew their capacity to take hold of what he gave them. And to the one he gave one, he obviously understood that he had a limited capacity because he was failed to make good use of that which he already had. And maybe God desires to give us greater things, but how well are you using what you already have? How well are you using it? How good, how, how are you putting that to get used? Some of you have, God might have multiple ministries in some of you, but what are you doing with the one ministry he gave you? Some of you are saying, I want to handle more money, but what are you doing with the money that you do have? Some of you are saying, I want greater relationships, but how well are you investing in the relationship that you already have? The question is, it's one of accountability that if we desire more, then we need to be accountable over that which we already have. Acknowledge it, appreciate it, and take responsibility of what God has already invested in us. I also think of capacity this way, in, in terms of jobs. Now, if, if there's ever been a time that there's been jobs, baby, right now, there are plenty of jobs. There are plenty of jobs. Now, you might not want to do the job that is available, but baby, let, let's be clear. There are plenty of jobs out there. Employers are, are basically begging people to come work. They're begging. I don't care what, what, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. They're begging. They need, they need truck drivers. They need more grocers. They need more people at the, their, their restaurants shutting down because they don't have enough waiters and waitresses and cooks. The, the school system is, is, is strapped. They need more bus drivers. They need more assistants. They need more teachers. Almost every industry out there needs more people to work. So the availability of jobs is not a problem. What is a problem is our capacity. Some of you already have a job and you don't have the capacity to take on another job because we all have limitations. 
Because where you might have the ability to spend more money, but you don't have the capacity to work three jobs. Come on in here now. Come on in here now. You, you don't have that capacity. Don't, don't, don't kill yourself out there trying to make money and you die on the job because you're trying to work three, four jobs. You, so, so you have the ability to spend the money that you would get from these jobs, but you simply don't have the capacity to work all of those jobs. So sometimes when we look at our capacity and what God gives us, we have to understand that God understands all of our limitations. He understands our limitations. I gave the example one time. My daughter's not here, but I'll I'll give the example anyway. Some say that a talent of gold weighed about 73 to 80 pounds. A talent of gold may have weighed 73 to 80 pounds. So think of that. You say you want more than one talent. How much can you carry? Some of us would struggle with carrying 73 pounds. You're going to double that? You're going to carry 150 pounds? You're going to carry 225 pounds around? Do you have the capacity to carry that much weight? Sometimes we're asking for things that maybe we don't have the capacity to handle. I love my family, and this is something I often say about my children, is that having three made me appreciate having two. (laughs) Because children will test your capacity. So you think of children as a blessing, how many blessings do you want? Come on in here now. How, 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 how many blessings do you want? Do you want more children? Well, no, I don't know. Well, children are blessings. They're just like blessings. They have responsibilities. So maybe I have one child because that's my capacity. Maybe I have three children because that's my capacity. My grandmother had seven children. Maybe that was her capacity. She had a friend that had 15 children. Maybe that was their capacity. She had another friend at the same church that had 20 children. Oh, Jesus. Maybe that was their capacity. So when we pray for things, let's understand that we are all limited by our own capacity. And maybe God apportions and blesses us based on our ability to handle that which he gives us. Because all of your blessings, all of your talents, all of your gifts, they all need attention. I'll tell you this way. If you, you might bless us with plants in our house, but we only want so many because there's only so many we can attend to. Because if you give us too many, I'm just being real, some of them are about to die. <laughs> Let's just be real. I appreciate it and praise God for you. Thank God for the thought. But if you give me too many plants in my house, they're going to die. Because I don't have the ability to give them the attention. Some of them need to be set outside. And see, now that now they've gotten real scientific with it. Now some of them need light shade. Some of them need a lot of shade. Some of them need to be out in the sun. And so I'm sitting here trying to figure out what needs to be in the sun. I put the wrong one in the sun. It withers up and dies. I, I put the wrong one in the shade. It doesn't get enough sun. So it's wilting. And it don't give enough water. Another one's died. I, I, I don't have, I have a limited capacity. So maybe instead of praying to God that we, he gives us more things, 
Maybe we need to pray, Lord, help me to be a good steward over that which I already have. And that right there explains why you people who are busy keep getting more assignments. Think about it. Why do I keep getting more assignments? The reason I'm getting more assignments is because God sees that I'm doing well with what I already have. And those who people who are lazy and don't have anything to do, sometimes people are like, why aren't they doing anything? Hmm? Why aren't they doing anything? Maybe people don't trust them to do anything. Maybe they don't have anything to do because the last time somebody gave them something, they didn't work well with it. Come on, now. come on! Can, can we can we be real? I'm not. Let's, let, let's be real. Let's, let's not be fake with it. Maybe the last time God somebody trusted them with something, they were like the man who was given the one talent. They buried it and didn't do anything with it. What are you doing with what you already have? Point at somebody and say, what are you doing with what you already have? Capacity. I'm talking about capacity and our ability to lay hold of that which God has already given us. The capacity to Make sure that we're attending to all of the plants in our lives, all of the children in our lives, the talents that weigh 80 pounds. Are we able to carry the talent that God has given us? Okay, let's go back to the story here. The widow, now she says she had nothing, but she says she had nothing based on comparison. Looking at other people, comparatively, she'd say, I have nothing. But then she corrected herself. She said, I have nothing except, and I promise you, everybody in here, you have an except. You, you evaluate your life too quickly and you'll say, I have nothing. But then if you look at it closely enough, there's an except because God has given every single one of you something. I have nothing in my house except a little bit of oil. Some of the versions say it's an anointing of oil. If you think of an anointing, that's a very small amount of oil, just, just, enough, just enough oil to, to sprinkle on something. I said, I have an anointing of oil. In fact, well, you can't cook nothing. Come on, I know. Well, let me speak for us uh, ethnic people. You can't cook nothing with a, with a little sprinkle of oil. We use a lot of oil. Don't, don't be looking at me crazy. We use a lot of oil. We can't do, you give us, a, you, you give somebody a sprinkle of oil. You're like, what, what am I going to do with that? That's not enough oil to do anything. I can't cook anything with that. I, I, I can't find myself c- coming up with a meal based on just that small of amount of oil. But that's what this woman had. Just, just anointing a small amount of oil in, his, in her house. But the thing about it, it seemed like, get this, the prophet was happier with what she had than she was. He appreciated what she had more than she did. And I'm wondering, wondering, there's an area of social media. I wonder if there's somebody out there appreciating what you have more than you do. You're out there trying to be like somebody else. I guarantee you there's somebody who'd love to be where you are. Come on in here now. 
there's somebody they'd give everything they have to be right where you are. He says to her, he said, what shall I do for you? Tell me what you have in the house. Your servant has nothing in the house except a, a jar. Well, then he said to her, go outside. In other words, I'm giving you instructions based on what you have. Giving you instructions based on what you have. I want you to get this because some of you are waiting on God to give you on instructions relative to receiving something else that you don't have. And because you're waiting on him to give you something that's outside the house, that's outside of yourself, you're waiting for your blessing in the wrong location. Think about that. I'm waiting for God to give me a blessing over here. I'm in Shelby. Let me go to Murfreesboro and see if God has a blessing for me over here. But God's trying to give you instructions relative to where you already are based on what you already have. And because you're waiting on the blessing in another place, you're in the wrong place to receive what God desires to do for you. Some of you are wondering, why has my blessing not come? Maybe you're waiting in the wrong location. God wants to do something for you where you are based on what you already have. Based on what you already have. Based on what he already put inside of you. Just because it has, you have not seen the fruit of that which he has planted in you does not mean that God has not placed something profound inside of you. She's saying, I, I, I have nothing but anointing, a little anointing of oil. The prophet's like, yes, I can work with that. God can work with that. And I came to tell somebody, God can work with what you already have. And I, I praise God for it because, because I, I, I'm limiting my ability to, 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 to achieve other things and to grab things. I can't, I can't produce that which God has not already placed in me. So I'm limited to, on a certain basis to what I already have. I can't be somebody else. Some of you, certain professions aren't made for you because you'd have to be a different person. Don't worry. God's not trying to pull something out of you that he has not already placed inside of you. Some of you, there are jobs that are lucrative that you could do them, but you just don't feel good doing them because that's not who you are. That, that's using skills that are basically not intrinsic to who you are. But God is allowing you and letting you know in this moment that I'm pulling something out of you where you are and I'm going to bless you with what you already have. The question is, this is the question. Are you allowing God to access what you have? Are you giving God access to everything that you have? Would you ask that question? Am I giving God access to everything that I have? Because this is how you were talking about artificial limits that you put on your capacity. You put artificial limits on your capacity when you don't allow God to access the things that you already have. And what do you mean? Well, you say, Lord, I, I'm, I, I tell the Lord to bless my house, bless my finances, bless all of that. I'm telling the Lord to do that. But are you truly giving him access to those things? To give him access to those things, that means that you're trusting him with those things. You're putting his, you're putting your trust in God by getting this, get this, investing 
those talents with God. I'm investing my talents with God. How do you give God access to your money and and, and entry to your finances? It's easy. You tithe. It's easy. You tithe. You You give a portion of your increase to God. You're trusting him with that portion of your finances. And by doing that, you're giving it to him and letting him have access to that part of who you are. And when you give him access to that, then he is going to use that as a conduit to bless you. Because you're giving him access to that part of you by tithing and by giving financially unto him, you're giving God access to your finances. You want God to bless your time. Then you need to invest some of your time with God. I'm spending time in prayer and I'm spending time time reading God's word, not only because I want to become enriched in the word and not only because I want to have a closer relationship with him, but when I invest my time with God, just like he blesses my money with the tithes, he blesses my time because I've invested some of my time in him. What are your gifts? If you sing, I'm going to sing unto the Lord a new song. I'm investing my singing with him. I'm investing my time with him. Some of you have great influence with people. You can invest that by witnessing. When I witness, not only am I trying to draw other people to Christ, but when I'm witnessing, I'm giving God access to my ability to influence people. And when I give God access to my talents and my gifts, I'm investing that and God is going to cause that thing to increase. Some of you will find out you'll be blessed on your job when your job becomes your ministry. Mm. When your job becomes part of your ministry, that's when God is going to bless you in ways that you don't even see it. Ways that you don't see coming in, in, in ways that you don't even feel qualified for. When it becomes part, when you're investing that to God, when, when you, sometimes when, you, when you're teaching, boy, you, you don't have to pray. You don't have to lay oil on, on the kid's head and pray for them. Lay oil on the doors. <laughs> Come on here. I don't have to pray for their head. I can pray for the door. Lord, every child that walks through my door, Lord, you touch them. Lord, you bless them. Let your spirit be upon them, Lord. Let your hand be upon them. You touch them, Lord. You, 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 what am I doing? You're making your job part of your ministry. And when you invest your talents in whatever you have and give a portion of that to God, God provides the increase. So some of you are struggling with things and you're trying to provide increase. And the reason you haven't experienced increase is because you have not invested in a portion of that what you have with God. Haven't invested it with God. Some of you want, some of you love clothes. It's all right to like clothes. Why don't you start investing by giving your clothes to somebody who doesn't have much clothes? Why don't you, you, why don't you bless some people with some coats? Why don't you bless some of your, your nice, gently worn clothes and give them to, to somebody else and be a blessing to somebody else's family, be a blessing to somebody else's house. And when, when you invest that portion of something that you desire and that you like, when you invest it with God, God provides increase. 
You, you want a nicer home. What are you doing with the home that you do have? Are you blessing somebody with that? Maybe you ought to invite somebody and, and make them feel welcome in your home. Somebody who may be far from home. I'll invite them over for Thanksgiving. Invite them over for Christmas. Let them feel welcome and warm and the warmth of a home when they're far away from home. And maybe they, they can't get home or maybe they don't have family anymore. But when you invest a small portion of that which you have and you're giving it to God and you're trusting God with it, God's saying, I'll provide the increase. I'm trying to give you ways to understand how you can increase your own capacity by taking the limits off and investing a portion of that which you have with God. And when you're invested with God, it's like investing in the stock market. There's interest that accrues. God blesses it even when you're not thinking about it. Even when you don't expect it, there may be, there may be raises coming your way on that job. That you've invested to God. There, there may be financial things that are going to turn in your favor because you've invested that with God. There may be relationships that you didn't even see coming because you've invested that with God. There'll be ways that your talent makes room for you and sets you before great men. Why? Because you've invested it with God. You've increased your capacity because God is providing the increase. Somebody who just desires God to do that in your life, I dare you to just lift your hands and say, God... You provide the increase. Come on, say it like you mean to say, God, you provide the increase. One more time, say it. Say, God, you provide the increase. Trust in God. Yeah, that's one of my, my prayers each morning is, Lord, whatever I have, Lord, increase the work in, in my hand. Lord, let me give a portion of that to you so that you can provide the increase and cause things to. The, the, uh, the, David said it this way. He said, let, let the lines be drawn for me in favorable places and, and, and allow me to, Lord, in, in lift me up and put me in a, in a more stable place. And Lord, and cause my, and Lord, you bless my comings and my glowings, bless my going out and my, my coming in. Lord, you're blessing all of that because I'm investing a portion of that with you. So this woman, she trusted the prophet. He said, go get that anointing. He said, when you get that anointing of oil, he said, there's something I want you to do with what you already have. He said, now I want you to do this. Borrow vessels from your neighbor. Why do I need big vessels for an anointing of oil? God's going to ask you to do things that don't make sense based on what you have. Oh, I want you to get that. God is going to challenge your faith and ask you to do things that don't make sense based on what you have. You want God to provide increase? He told the children of Israel, he said, increase the size of your tents and drive your stakes deep. He told them to do that before he even gave them anything. Why do I need bigger tents? There's nothing in the tent I have right now. I wish I would come on. Somebody talk to me in here. There's nothing in the tent I have right now. Why do I need a bigger tent? Say, Lord, God might be telling some of y'all, I need you to open more investment accounts. Some of you are like, Lord, now I don't have a hundred dollars. In the account I have right now. Come on, come on. I'm telling you, you're asking God for more capacity. When you ask God for more capacity, He's going to challenge your faith. 
He's going to ask you to do things that don't make sense. What did Jesus tell the 10 lepers before they got healed? He told them to break the law. Walk inside the gates of the city. That's one law broken. Go inside the temple. That's two laws broken. Then I want you to go show yourself to the priest. That's three laws broken. In fact, they are desecrating the temple by walking in with leprosy. Jesus is telling them to break the law. Now, why would Jesus tell them to break the law? Because what? They wanted something better than what they already had. And when you want something better and greater from God than what you already have, God is going to challenge your faith. Point at somebody and say, your faith is about to be challenged. Hashtag that in the comments, your faith is about to be challenged. And the reason some of you right now, I'm trying to inform you of something. The reason you're going through right now is not because of the devil. You're going through a storm right now because God is challenging your faith because you had the audacity to ask God for more than what you already have. And when you ask God for more, when you expect more, when you desire more, when you have faith for more, God is going to challenge your position and take you to a place that's not comfortable. And you can't exist on a higher plane with God if you're not ready to step out into the unfamiliar and be uncomfortable in the place where God is taking you. The question is, do you want more or do you want comfort? what, What do you want? Do you want to be comfortable or do you want more? Because when you want more, you're going to be challenged. When you want more, you're going to step out into the unfamiliar. When you want more, you're going to be in an uncomfortable place. You're going to be in a place where where it's difficult to just find your niche because God is challenging your faith. So this woman with an anointing of oil, the, the, the prophet is telling her to go borrow vessels. I don't know why I need all these vessels. I don't have that much oil. So then she goes to borrow vessels and gets, listen to this, and this is where a lot of us slip up. Notice, this is her responsibility. It's not the prophet's responsibility. He tells her, go borrow vessels, verse 3. Borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and not too few. Some of you want more from God, but when he asks you to do something, you don't invest in it as much as you should because you didn't understand it. Young people say, you didn't understand the assignment. That's how they say it. She's going to borrow vessels, but does she truly understand what's about to happen in her life? I don't think she understands. So she goes and borrows some, but she doesn't do it with the vigor and with the intent that the prophet would have wanted her to because she didn't understand what was about to happen in her life. And I want you to get this. When God tells you something, baby, you need to do it with fervor. You need to do it with zeal. You need to do it with everything that's within you, even if you don't understand what he's trying to do. 
Because you're bound, he's letting you know you're bound not to understand because my ways are above my way, your ways and my thoughts are above your thoughts and even as high as the heavens are above the earth. So are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. You're bound not to understand the instructions that I give you, but I still need you to do them with great vigor. I need you to do them with faith. I need you to do it with great energy. I need you to do it with everything that's within you because the more profound you are in your obedience because obedience is greater than sacrifice. God is going to bless you for your obedience. He doesn't bless you, get this, for you understanding. I don't have to understand what God's trying to do. He just wants me to be obedient. Remember when, when, when Samuel said this to Saul, Saul was like, God's not being honored because nobody is here to give the sacrifice. So then he stepped out of his role and did something he shouldn't have done, trying to offer the sacrifice, thinking that's going to honor God. But because he was out of order and because he was not obedient, he was not, God was not honored. Saul's life was required for him for that, for failing to be obedient. So even when I don't understand, I'm running hard in a direction where I don't know where I'm going because God values obedience over sacrifice. If I'm Abraham, I'm leaving the place in my kindred where I am and going to a place where God will show him because God honors obedience over sacrifice. I'm Abraham again and I'm taking my son up the mountain to be sacrificed and I don't understand why he would have me to be uh, sacrificing my only son when he promised me I'd be the father of many nations, but I'm doing it because God honors obedience over sacrifice. So this woman, she goes and gets her the pot. She borrows vessels from her neighbors and from her friends. And after she borrows all of those vessels, the prophet tells her to close the door to the house and from that little pot of oil that she has from that little anointing of oil that she has he says I want you to start pouring into all the vessels and the woman begins doing that she begins pouring into all the vessels and she keeps pouring and the more the the more vessels she has the more the oil flows and then after she gets to the end of all the vessels that she has borrowed She asks her son, she's like, bring me yet another vessel. And he says, mother, I can't because that's the last one. And as soon as the oil recognized that there was not another vessel, as soon as the oil was alerted that there was no more capacity, then the oil stopped. The oil didn't stop because there wasn't more to be poured. The oil stopped because the woman had reached the maximum of her capacity. She had reached her capacity in that which she could accept. She had reached her capacity in what could be stored in her house. If she had more vessels, the oil would have kept flowing. It only stopped because she reached the limit of her capacity. And there's part of me that believes had she went and got some more vessels later, the oil would have kept on flowing. But what I'm telling somebody right now is the limit that we have, the artificial limits that we have on our own lives are not based on the ability of God to bless us. But it's based on the limits of our capacity. God wants to do more. 
But we have to open more and make more available to him. Again, you want God to bless your finances? Open your finances to God. You want God to bless your relationships? Open your relationships to God. You want God to bless your health? Give him a portion of your health. Bless him and he will anoint and he will invest it and he will make it larger than whatever you have. You want to make your job, you want God to see increase on your job, make it accessible to him, make it open to him and God will demonstrate to you that you have more capacity than you think. You have more. It's based not on the flow of the oil. It's not based on what God can give you. It's based on your ability to open yourself to more capacity. Now, every time I drank this water today, it was filled. But it can only be filled when it was empty. As long as there's something in there, she could not feel the water. She only filled it when it was empty. And some of us, the reason we have not experienced the flow in our lives is because we have not allowed any access to parts of us because we filled them up with other things. We have not given God access to ourselves. And you know what? I stopped drinking because I've reached my capacity. <laughs> I can't drink anymore. So I can't get mad if she doesn't feel it when I'm the one who's reached my capacity. And maybe we're angry with God because he hasn't poured more into us when really we have so much other stuff going on that we've reached our capacity. Some of us, we, 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 have, we have limits on our patience because we're doing stuff that God didn't ask us to do. We have limits on what we can mentally do because a lot of times you reach your mental limit before you reach your physical limit. Come on in here now. Some of y'all, when y'all say I'm tired of going to work, you're not talking about physically tired. You're talking about your mind is tired. One guy called in, called in to work and told his supervisor, he said, I'm having eye problems. He's like, what? He said, what's wrong with your eyes? He said, I can't see myself coming into work today. That, that's, not, that's not a physical limitation. That, that, that's, that's a mental limitation. His body might be a little tired, but his mind is really tired. Come on now. Sometimes when y'all go to work, it's not that your body can't get up and drive your car to work. It's your mind that's saying, I, I need to stay in the bed. I just, I ain't, I ain't feeling it today. It's not your joints, that's your mind. I ain't feeling it today. You start thinking of all the people you're about to deal with, and you're like, Psh, I don't know if I have enough patience. I, I, I don't know. I might not have enough Jesus. <laughs> I might need to go to church first and get a little more Jesus before I go into work. Come on now, come in here with me. But, 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 it, but it's a limitation that, 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 that is in your mind and, and because there are so many things that we're exhausted with, that we're frustrated with, that we, that, we, that we go to bed with and we worry about that God, we're limiting our capacity to be filled with the things of God. 
The word, that's why the word is saying, set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. I need to be filling my life and my mind and my heart and my spirit with the things of God so that I'm not full of other stuff. Because I'm letting you know you're going to be full of something. We're all, we're all going to be full of something. The question is, what are you filling your mind and your heart and your spirit with? What are you filling it with? Because why are you spending your time filling it with television shows and useless, useless knowledge? You can't draw on those things when you're going through. Your television show ain't going to bring you through your storm. That show that you're streaming ain't going to bring you through your storm. That gossip, that idle gossip that you have with your friends is not going to bring you through your storm. Those illicit relationships that you shouldn't be having aren't going to get you through your storm. The, the, whatever it is that you're filling your heart and your mind with, with, with shows and, and, and evil things of the world and, and of the devil, when you fill yourself with those things, you cannot draw upon those things. But I'm telling you, you're full of something. So the challenge today is not to ask God for more stuff. The challenge today is to allow us to pour out the things that don't belong. To make ourselves more accessible. And more available to him. I don't want any of you, and I'm, I'm finished, I'll finish here. I don't want any of you to witness this moment because the first time I read it and every time I read it, to me it's a sad moment in the Bible. This woman who sees the blessings flowing in her life, all of a sudden looks to the door and asks her son, can you bring me another vessel? And he said, mom, we don't have another vessel. And as soon as he says that, the oil stops. The oil stops because she no longer has capacity to receive the blessing that's flowing in her life. I'm challenging somebody right now. Pour out all the junk. Pour out all the mess. Stop filling your life with things that are meaningless. Stop, 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 stop seeking after things uh, on social media. Don't be filling yourself with, with what other people are doing on, on social media, what, what people are doing on, on these television shows and, and, and with gossip about other people's lives. And when we fill ourselves with all of that useless junk, I feel that we're going to experience the same moment that that woman experienced. God's going to be at the door. He's saying, I'm ready to pour more blessings into your life. But you're going to look around and say, I'm already full. And then the oil is going to stop. Don't allow the oil, the blessings in your life to stop. God has so much more for you. But we have to open our capacity and give more of ourselves to God. Everyone standing to your feet, put those hands together and give God praise for his word. Give God some praise for his word. Let our pray with you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word, for this story. You've come to challenge us in this series, the season of giving. Yet in evaluating what we can give, we have to evaluate our own capacity. And Lord, I can only speak for myself and maybe someone else has this testimony. Lord, I have filled myself with so many other things other than you. 
and I'm limiting my capacity and because of that I'm going to cause the oil to flow to stop flowing in my own life Lord I'm going to cause the blessings to cease in my life because I'm filling myself with things that are not of you Lord I'm praying right now Lord help me to empty out the mess help me to empty out the junk that is not like you Help me to allow myself to be more accessible, more available to you. Help me to, Lord, expand my capacity to receive that which you have for me, that which you desire for me to have. So that I'll be filled with the things of God so I can draw from those things when I'm hurting. I can draw from those things when I'm frustrated. I can draw from those things when life tries to push me down. Let me be open. Lord, get, let, allow me to give you access to, Lord, my finances, my relationship, my mind, my, my dream, my goals, my job, everything that makes up who I am. Right now, Lord, in this moment, I'm giving you access to all of those things. I'm investing those things with you. And, Lord, I know by your word that you will provide the increase in my life. And I claim the blessing, Lord, right now in Jesus name amen come on put those hands together and give God some praise if you've been watching us on social media I pray God that you've been blessed by what you heard and I pray that you will live with great faith even in the season of giving until we shall see you again come I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today if you wish to partner with us you can do so by Give a fun. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity. And we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.